Welcome to the Donaghclody Parish Podcast. We're an Anglican Evangelical Church committed to glorifying God, preaching the gospel, and making disciples. Obviously, the school is closed, like I said when we started the service. Uh, but there are people walking behind these walls every week uh, to prepare studies and a book for children at home. And as we listen to the Word of God today, uh, let us be praying for the teachers, for all the students at home, and for all our local schools this evening. We have come to hear from the Word of God and what God has to teach us from Matthew chapter 5 as we look at the topic, Blessed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace of being a follower of Christ. We thank you because you have called us from our world of sin to follow you. As we learn from your Word today, we pray that you give us understanding and the will to obey your Word. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, folks, this evening I want us to be a little, in fact, to be very honest with our personal character as Christians. Let me ask you this honest question. If you're the kind of a person that drives, if you're a driver, as a Christian driver, how do you feel when you are driving behind a convoy of cyclists on the road, especially in a countryside? Do you lose your temper when someone takes your parking space as you prepare to park your car at a roadside where there is a parking spot? Do your way of life in the community point other people to Christ? How is it a blessing to live as Christians, especially in a world where it is somehow difficult to live as Christian. Let's open our Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and learn what way God expects us to live in the teaching that Jesus gave at the mountain, which is called the Sermon on the Mount. Some people call it the Beatitudes. Uh, first and foremost, from our study of Matthew Gospel, chapter 1 to 4, we have been presented with the Savior who has come to proclaim the message of repentance to all people. In fulfilling the words of God according to the prophecy of Isaiah, he called not only the disciples, but everyone to follow him. So that in believing we may reign with him in the kingdom of heaven. And he showed us what life in this kingdom will look like. As we saw last week in our sermon, when he was preaching and healing many people of their sicknesses and diseases. From our study in Matthew, we see that Jesus has brought the kingdom of heaven to heart in his own kingly power. And fellowship. And by this set of teaching, which we will start to look at from this evening, from chapter 5 to chapter 7, Jesus' teaching and Sermon on the Mountain, he is saying, If you are privileged to be called into this kingdom which I've been preaching and talking about, here are some benefits of being part of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Now let us examine my sermon tonight under two 
points the promise of the kingdom and the blessing of the kingdom. Looking at the text in chapter 5, verse 1 to 12, Matthew presents us with some typical teaching of the Lord concerning, concerning the promise of the kingdom of heaven. The first point, the promise of the kingdom. It is for the poor in the spirit, as you can see in verse 3. And for those who are persecuted of righteousness, verse 10. Do you see that? See with me from your Bible. Reading from verse 1, Jesus said, Now when he saw the crowds, or the Bible says rather, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus began to teach. Not the kind of academic lecture that goes on behind this world, but some practical Christian way of life. The way of living that is expected of disciples, followers of Christ. He said, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look also in verse 10, you will see something similar. The same promise was reassured in verse 10. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you see that? After Jesus had called his disciples to follow him in chapter 4, he now taught them about the life of those who will inherit the kingdom of heaven. If you remember last week, in my, in my sermon, I explained that the message of Jesus about the kingdom of God being near can be interpreted as the kingdom of God is present. I also explained that Jesus' teaching about the kingdom is a teaching about himself. Is saying, I have come. Now he preached, repent. Now that you have repented, this is how you are supposed to live. And here in the Sermon on the Mountain from verse 1 to 2, we are presented with two sets of people, the crowd and the disciples. But Matthew showed us that it was the disciples that came up to Jesus' feet to be taught. Jesus was speaking or teaching directly his disciples the need to be poor in the spirit and for them to be ready for persecution. But what does this mean for us today, especially the Christians, people who are believers, who are following the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus is saying, now that we have repented and decided to follow him, now that we are in his kingdom, here is what life of kingdom men and women looks like. First, you need to be poor in the spirit. But what does it mean to be poor in the spirit? The poor, as we know around us, has nothing and they have the greatest need. These followers of Christ are people who, who follow Christ with total dependence on God, on Him. A Bible scholar said, 
in order to have a dealing or any dealing with God, we must be spiritually bankrupt. A cup that is full cannot be filled again. We need to empty ourselves. We need to be ready to be filled and taught by God himself. We need to be ready to learn from God and from his word. These are the people that are called to be disciples of Christ. The other group of people who will inherit the kingdom of heaven are the persecuted of righteousness, as we see in verse 10. Following Jesus is not without a cost. The cost of discipleship sometimes can be brutal. As it is explained, you see, verse 10 was further explained in verse 11. It can include insults, and people can say falsely all kinds of evil against you because of following Jesus. Persecution can be in form of isolation from friends and family in some other countries, like the country where I come from. It can result to physical punishment or even death. Jesus says, for anyone who is persecuted of righteousness, he said, yes, is the kingdom of God. We've seen what it means for us today to be poor in the spirit. To have our total dependence on God. But what does it mean for us today to be persecuted of righteousness? Jesus is teaching us that to be part of his kingdom, we must be prepared, one, to learn from him, and we must be ready to face persecution, which can be in times of isolation, or people saying false things about us, against us, for following Jesus. Jesus is saying by these two ways, we need to come to Jesus to follow me, to be my disciples. You must come to me with an empty heart, be poor in the spirit, be ready to be taught by me, be ready to be filled by his teaching, putting your total dependence on Jesus. And while doing this, we should be prepared for the worst, the persecution, the great cost of discipleship. Yet, it said, for all these things, if we endure and do not fail, there is a promise, a promise of the kingdom of heaven. Let us not come to church with skepticism. Let us not be people who come to worship out of tradition or curiosity. Let us come with humility, to learn and grow in the knowledge and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we follow him, let us stand firm. Let us stand and be ready to face all kind of rejection, either at work, rejection in school for children, rejection in the community for being Christians, among friends and family. The world will not like us. Because at this stage, though we are in the world, we are not of the world. We are children of the kingdom of heaven. When we live for Jesus, people will insult us. They may even hate us for such. 
But before I conclude this sermon tonight, let us consider my second and final point, the blessings of the kingdom. As we can see in chapter uh, 5 of Matthew, between the promise of the kingdom, which you see in verse 3 and verse 10, for this is the kingdom of God, it is sandwiched with six blessings. We have six blessings of the kingdom. In other words, six blessings for being a follower of Christ. Yes, we talk, we talk about persecution for following Jesus, but is that the end? Is that all we get for being a Christian? No, there are some other blessings. Jesus is teaching us from this passage that as you follow me, you are blessed. If you can do the following things. See with me from verse 4 to verse 9. In verse 4, Jesus said, if you mourn, you will be comforted. In verse 5, he said, if you are meek, you will inherit the earth. In verse 6, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. If you are merciful, you will be shown mercy. If you are pure in heart, you will see God. If you are a peacemaker, you will be called sons of God. In a nutshell, Jesus is saying to be a follower of Christ you will not only mourn for your sin, but you mourn for the sin in a broken world which we all live. Your heart will grieve for the decaying state of our world today. But while you mourn for the decay of this world, for the sin that goes around in our world today, here is the blessing. Jesus promised that one day all tears will be wiped away. There will be a new heaven and a new heart. All tears will be wiped away as it is said in verse 4. Those who mourn will one day be comforted. Do you see that? Just as it's written in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, God said uh, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore that is what it looks like in the kingdom of heaven and that is the blessing we get for those who mourn but what does it mean to be meek verse 5 says blessed are the meek this means living by committing all to god's hand do we always live like that in our world today? Do you always commit everything to God's hand? Committing all to God's hand includes our life, our care and control. And also to follow Christ, we must hunger and thirst for righteousness, verse 6. This means Christ must be first in our hearts. We must hunger and thirst. We must have passion for the things of God, the things of the kingdom, not things of the flesh, which include our selfish ambition. And what does Jesus say in verse 7? He talks about the merciful. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Being merciful is treating others not the way they deserve. Just as we also receive the treatment of mercy by God. 
Jesus described the need for mercy by all people who come to him. By our sin, we deserve to die. But in his infinite mercy, he offered us salvation by his death on the cross. As Titus, as we can see, Paul said in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 to 7, Paul said, But when... Yes, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. Mercy is part of the benefit or the blessing of the kingdom which we experience as followers of Christ. And these benefits and blessings further leads to other benefits in him, as we can see in verse 8. It says, if we are poor, I mean pure in heart, we will see the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see the Lord. I open the, uh, the service today with one of the words of David. But here what David asked again from God in another psalm. He said, he, he asked for God to create in him a clean heart and renew a right spirit within him. To be pure in heart is something we all need. It's something we need to ask God for every time. Because we cannot see God if our heart is not pure. And verse 9, Jesus thought that if we live our life as if we go out of our way to bring peace and harmony in a world full of hatred and division, we will be called the Son of God. Remember, we ourselves made peace with God through Jesus Christ, the peace that leads to our adoption as sons of God. Do we live a life that brings peace and harmony in our society? Or do we contribute more to the hatred and, uh, and the trouble around us? Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called the sons of God. And as Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself made peace between us and God the Father. But as we finish tonight, brothers and sisters, friends at home, what should be our response to Jesus' teaching, all the teaching that we see in Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1 to 12? What should be our response tonight? For those who have believed in Jesus and are disciples of Jesus, First, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful that we have been called to be part of this kingdom. But let us also live a life that points other people to Jesus so that they may also put their trust in him. This is a challenge for us that we've been called to point others to Jesus. And we'll see more of that in our teaching next week when we talk about the salt and light, being salt and light in a world that we live. 
And for those who are not yet disciples, for those who are not yet part of this kingdom, just like the crowd which we saw in the first verse, the Lord is inviting you. He's inviting you to join this kingdom. He's inviting you to come to himself so that you'll be filled with all the blessing that comes to with being kingdom men and women. And lastly, as Jesus said, for all those who follow him, as he said in verse 12, let them rejoice and be glad for great is our reward. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the teaching of your word tonight. We thank you because you've called us to be your disciple. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to embrace this noble calling, to live a life that shows us as your children so that we may point other people to the Lord Jesus. And for those who are not yet part of this kingdom, we pray that their hearts will be drawn to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this Donnelly Parish podcast. We're happy for this teaching to be shared for the advancement of gospel work and to help make disciples. For information about Donnelly Parish, please check out our website www.donaglonyparish.co.uk or find us on social media.